Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare IT Today, where we explore the latest healthcare technology trends and discover valuable insights in health IT. I'm Colin Hung, and joining me today is Mac Boyder, Research Director at CLASS. Yes, that CLASS, as in best-in-class, that you see their uh, their logo and their name plastered everywhere when we go to conferences. Mac, love having you on the program. Welcome. Thank you, Colin. We're super excited to be here. So, Mac, um, what I wanted to talk to you about is actually a new Spotlight report that featured Coral Health that just came out. And it was centered on uh, something called autonomous coding. Um, but bef- So before we dive into the meat of that report, can you maybe help our audience understand what that technology actually is? Absolutely. This is something that is extremely timely right now, especially we at CLASS have measured for many years areas around what we call documentation. So everything from transcription and scribing, whether at the elbow or virtual scribing, to things like uh, ambient speech solutions like Nuance DAX, et cetera, and now autonomous coding. This has over the last few years become more, more and more uh, top of mind. And it's an area that w- is seen tremendous growth. So it's sort of a, an ambient voice-like technology or, or sorry, I misunderstood that. It... No, great question. So uh, if you look at a continuum where there is lower technology and more human intervention, on the continuum from one scale to the other end of the continuum or spectrum where it's less human intervention and more technology. Again, it would kind of go from transcription scribing, uh, areas like that over to what we consider to be more autonomous coding solutions. And then on the far end, truly autonomous uh, ambient speech solutions ah. that are just pulling the data you know, directly from the provider interaction, et cetera, with some human intervention still, however. Okay, so what are some of the benefits um that uh, and outcomes that provider organizations saw from using this kind of technology? Well, so this is something that was obviously top of mind. As providers come to class, what they ask is, what is the bottom line? Like that is the outcomes is really what drives adoption. It drives satisfaction. And and conversely, if they're not achieving outcomes they want, whether they're financial or in terms of clinician, uh, decreased clinician burnout, things like that, if they don't have those tangible outcomes, then they're that really does drive the dissatisfaction as well. So the core organizations that we spoke to for this report, they really highlighted Coral Health's autonomous coding solution for um, the impact it had, on, not just on the bottom line in terms of financials and aspects and making it easier for them to do these, these uh, transcriptions of interactions and so on. It really allowed them to have better quality of life for the clinicians and these professionals who, as we all know, through the last couple of years have had an incredible burden placed upon them. And so this is something that health systems are paying more attention to because the cost of replacing a clinician or physician is incredibly high and bringing them back up to speed and so on. And so anything you can do to help remove the burden, remove a little bit of the pajama time, as we like to call it, right, for clinicians after post-encounter, trying to recapitulate what they were doing, cleaning up their own notes, is extremely important and very important for the health systems that we that we spoke with. So this is actually a technology that can sounds like it really can help a clinician save time. 
uh, in, the, you know, so that you call it pajama time, but sort of that after the visit, you know, re having to, to redocument or review kind of what they put into the system, the autonomous coding seems to be able to help a lot with that. Immensely. And depending on who we speak with within the organization, and one of the neat things about this report is we spoke with uh, people on the ground, so to speak. So actual physicians themselves utilizing the solution, got their perspective of how it impacted them. And then we also spoke with higher level folks within the organization, you know, CMIOs, CFOs, who are looking at the, the broader picture throughout the organization. And of course, the financial aspect as health systems are, you know, squeezed, they're looking at their electric procedures are still not totally recovered, high deductible plans are higher. How do they, you know, keep the lights on, so to speak, and and make their pay their bills? You know, it's important that they are able to do that in the most cost-effective, efficient way possible. And a lot of the outcomes we saw focused on that, and we're positive there. Were there any outcomes uh, that you heard about uh, when you did those interviews and those discussions that surprised you uh, from from these providers? I'm glad you asked that, Colin. Actually, we so one of the things that we ask at class is what were the outcomes, either positive or challenges, and did you have any unexpected outcomes? And what I thought we would get to, so my hypothesis, my theorem, which I was disabused of once we got the data, which is the best part of a hypothesis, right? When you're proven wrong a little bit and you go into it thinking one thing, but the data shows something else. Um, we talked specifically about the uh, type of analytics, the, the, the solutions behind it, the technology behind it, the ability to do an audit data trail to see you know, from the from you know the, the visit, the beginning of the visit, all the way through maybe a, an inpatient stay, being able to track that was extremely valuable to the health system as they look at how do we decrease AR, how do we increase that revenue, and of course, uh, along with the quadruple aim of healthcare, how do we increase the the patient experience so they have better outcomes, the health outcomes of that patient are improved. I mean, as you can imagine, Colin, you go in, let's say you go in for a procedure, maybe it's the same day, and the doctor codes the information, it goes through, it goes through incorrectly, and you get uh, prescribed a medication that is not accurate or has a contraindication to an existing medication. That can have mm -hmm. a serious and even life-threatening impact on you. So making sure that the coding is done accurately, properly, that there's an audit trail to follow that up. And then the providers can go back in and they can look at these dashboards. They, uh, one of the things that I think surprised some of these providers was these operationalized dashboards. So they could see the actual appreciable impact on the clinician workflow, the efficiencies, some of those things. And they, they shared that that was extremely helpful. They didn't expect it, um, didn't know to expect it, but there was a, a major benefit. I mean, I gotta be honest, right? Like you'd think we have enough dashboards in healthcare. <laughs> we have a lot of them, but it sounds like this one in particular was actually pretty, again, pretty useful for identifying, you know, uh, not only on the audit side, but, but how they were doing, but also maybe helping them identify maybe some issues and problems that, that they could go address. That's right. And, and thank you for bringing that up. That's exactly what was that unexpected outcome, right? So they knew that they were getting a dashboard. To your point, that's fairly ubiquitous. But the differentiation was the ability for them to go in and kind of highlight and identify maybe core issues or inefficiencies and workflows, et cetera, as bottlenecks, and be able to kind of unwind that operationally within the organization as to how we could do that. And it ended up contributing to the, when we asked these providers, we said, you know, would you buy this again if you knew what you knew now? 100% of the people we spoke with said yes. Uh, we didn't have anyone who said no, which is pretty unusual. Typically, we'll have somebody who's like, ah, it could have been better or this or that. Uh, in this case, it wasn't a perfect uh, you know, implementation. Some There were some challenges as well here and there. 
Um, integration was one of the questions that people had about long-term, but I think what Coro has done is they've been able to, Coro Health has really taken what was already a strong functional solution and they're improving upon it. And, and that's one of the things that we heard from providers as well was I thought it was interesting. Now in this report, you gave uh, Coral Health an A plus when it came to having the needed functionality for autonomous coding. Um, I have to ask, what are those needed functions for autonomous coding? Well, and to be clear, Colin, you're you're right. The report said that I didn't give it to them. <laughs> okay, that's class true. doesn't give out scores. I, I I know it's nitpicky, but this is the provider's voice, right? So we always say, look, this is especially if the score is not great, then I can say, hey, it was the provider that said that, not me, and then I'm I'm blameless. No, I'm kidding. But but class really does just try to articulate the voice. But you're right. So um, when it comes to needed functionality, it really came down to that th those three things. Are are they seeing? And I'll just share with you just as an example, just a quick quote mm -hmm. uh, about one of the needed functionalities. Um, the product works 100% as promoted. The technology is pretty impressive. Previously, we had someone touch the accounts, make sure the coding was correct. We found out that hundreds out of hundreds of claims, only a couple of them needed to be changed. We realized there wasn't any value in reviewing the product's work because it was so seamless. So Really, when it comes down to it, if you have a director of HIM or a VP of revenue cycle or a CMI or a CFO, what they really want to know is, does this take time off my schedule? Does this take a burden off my plate? Is it helping not just on the clinician level, but is it helping us operationally, especially with staffing such a huge issue nowadays, right? I mean, great resignations affected healthcare like everything else, early retirements. People are looking at repurposing in, within the organization. Anything that helps that organization take workflow off of them is a huge outcome, probably the most mm. important outcome. And then of course, accuracy, making sure it's tuned properly. Like we talked about a moment ago, that would be very, very important. And then the last thing is, is this actually worth cost to yield, right? So we're investing in something but like anything else, we have to show that there's a remunerative value proposition. And in every case uh, that we spoke with, at least these people, the, the providers did say that there was that value there. Let's uh, maybe take a step back for a moment, uh, if I can, Mac, and, you know, let's talk about a macro trend that I'm seeing, and that is, like, staffing has become a critical issue. Uh, it's a critical challenge in healthcare right now. Um, AI technologies, prior to the pandemic, were sort of viewed a little bit, A, skeptically, but B, as sort of an enemy, right? It was like, I don't want AI because that could actually cost jobs. Um, but now, with with what's happening, I find that AI is now looked to as potentially a helper, right? And uh, and you're talking about, you know, autonomous coding, having an element of AI here and, and helping with that, uh, you know, transcribing from the, you know, the what was in the, um, in the record now into the codes for reimbursement. Are you seeing the same thing? Uh, are you noticing the same thing right now? I... First of all, I could not agree more with what you just said. It, I think there was a the ubiquity and the overuse of the term AI robbed it of a lot of validity, right? It, it became this buzz term that everybody was bandying about and saying, oh, we've got AI that powers this or AI that's behind the scenes of this. And it almost became a me too. If I don't, if you didn't include AI in your quote unquote, you know, value proposition, providers would go, oh, well, they're not very forward thinking or they're not innovative and whatnot. Or at least that was the perception of the part of vendor organizations and, and, and service solutions. And so I think thankfully we're actually seeing a bit of an ebb in that as it's sorting itself out in terms of, okay, look, 
this is just a screen scraping we've had for 13 years. You know, this is the same old, same old, or this is truly uh, machine learning is something very new and innovative. But yeah, to your point, it was the, it was a boogeyman. It was something that people looked at as, oh, it's going to, I would say very similar. The rough analogy would be outsourcing, you know, like uh, offshore work where it was the boogeyman taking away from domestic uh, coding jobs or other jobs. And offshoring was a, was a negative, was seen as a negative. And of course, there were questions around security and compliance and so on. And then over time, from the ICD-9 to 10 transition, we saw that kind of that rise and fall. And now it's it's more commoditized. People recognize and appreciate that there really isn't that bad. And you can still have onshore resources with offshore working uh, in tandem or you know complementary. I think we're just gonna see something similar when it comes to AI, where it was, it was gonna replace us all. It was gonna kick us all out of a job. It was gonna reduce our staff. And now it's like, that's what we need. We need to replace staff because early retirements, great resignation, things like that. Absolutely. Very good point. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like to me, this autonomous coding uh, is a very practical application of AI. So I, I, you know, unlike maybe the hype we were under a little bit before where it was maybe some over-promising made, this sounds like it's actually very, very practical and has some real world benefits that that you've that you have uh, verified through your interviews with these uh, with these providers. It, it absolutely has, and, and again, providers are savvy. They're very smart. Uh, clinicians are extremely intelligent. They recognize when they've been sold a bit of a bill of goods, and so I think there's a natural level of inherent skepticism. And so when we do talk with providers and they they eulogize the process, they talk about it. I think that that speaks volumes um, in terms of. Again, it impacts my life. I'm able to spend time with my family again. Uh, we have one provider who literally said, I'm able to actually see my my family. I haven't seen them very much over the last two years. And this has had an impact in giving me a little bit of my life back. So uh, again, these these this is the kind of impact that CLASS takes very seriously. We are mission-driven at CLASS. We focus on helping providers and organizations learn what's real from the not real. And so this is this is a big part of our mission to do that. Mac, if, if someone's going to take one thing away from our discussion today, what would you want that one thing to be? Oh, gosh. Uh, the one thing would be that autonomous coding is here to stay. I think that to your earlier point, which was very well said, AI and the models of it may vary. And I, I like that. I like to see the competition of different firms that are all attacking this from different angles, because ultimately that breeds innovation, in my humble opinion. But AI is here to stay. Autonomous coding is here to stay. And I think it's only accelerating under what's been happening in the last couple of years with the global pandemic, regulatory changes, the governments, and, and frankly, investment capital is pouring into the area. People are putting money behind these things, which again, helps to drive innovation. So it's something, it's here to stay. It's something providers should pay attention to if they haven't already looked for it. Um, you need to be aware of what's coming down the pipe because it's gonna be here sooner than we think. Mac, thank you so much for the information you're sharing. And for anyone listening and watching, we'll put the uh, the link to the report itself into the show notes so you don't have to say it. But Mac, before you go, where can people go to find out more information about CLASS? I'm glad you asked. So CLASS, uh, again, for providers who share information with CLASS, they get access to our data as a thank you. Because again, we are mission-driven, as I mentioned. So by going on the CLASS website, uh, they'll be able to actually access and download that uh, uh, what we call a spotlight report that's focused on this one solution. And in the future, we'll have more data to come. So more things to come. And what is that class website? Yes, it's just classresearch.com. And that's class with a K. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. K-L-A-S. 
Really appreciate your time and all the information you shared with us today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Colin. Hey, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're watching and listening to this. Also, head on over to healthcareittoday.com to access free resources, industry news, and insightful articles. You can also connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung. Thanks for being here.